Today's episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, is brought to you by the Indivisible Guide, a practical guide for resisting the Trump agenda. It's a team made up of former congressional staffers uh, revealing their best practices for making Congress listen. That sounds like something we're all interested in, right? Right. Uh, you can donate to this group on their page at www.indivisibleguide.com. You can follow them up on Twitter, which is at Indivisible Team. Uh, we follow them. So if you just look at our followers, you can get it like that. They have weekly calls. They have print, put out emails. They, they make uh, videos. They, they, they're keeping you informed so you can, uh, as the kids say, stay woke, and uh, we can maybe get some shit done. So that's Indivisible Guide. Uh, they are awesome. And now let's get on with the show. Here and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man was nearly a two word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last man. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we got a great show for you today. Going to be talking about some R&B. Guy by the name of Sanfa. He has a new album, his first album out called Process. It is uh, this guy. You're going to get a little more information here pretty quick. But this guy has been sort of behind the scenes for quite a Quite a long time playing on some of your favorite records. Now he's stepping out into the spotlight, and the album itself is remarkable. Uh, I love it. Everybody he was down talking about loves it. And those people uh, were Marcus Dowling, of, uh, he writes for Pitchfork and Bandcamp, amongst other places. That's one of like three million places he writes for. And uh, Mr. Marcus Moore, the senior editor up at uh, Bandcamp, running the things at uh, Bandcamp Daily, all this, that great reporting you're seeing. Uh, that is the guy who's sort of he's one of the people steering the ship. And um, so we got them down here to talk about that album, and uh, and he you know shares some feelings because it's a feels full record, and so we're going to be doing that, and uh, we're going to be playing a little jazz. A guy by the name of Noah Haidu. He is. I'll give you more information at the end of this, but basically he's a pianist. Lives up in New York City. Finally, he's actually from Charlottesville, which is sort of near here. Uh, but has a great new album coming out, and so we have a great new song coming out to uh, to culture your ass. Get some jazz in your life, man. It's about time. You know, break down all those walls. Walls are no good. We know this. So break down all those walls. Start listening to jazz. Start listening to old country. Start listening to music that you'd never, ever listen to. And uh, and we're here to help you with that. So that's our. Uh, that's going to be our podcast uh, for this week. So if you are uh, if you are strapped in, you're ready, you're comfortable, um, you've been waiting for this eagerly all week. If you're doing that, we really, we really thank you. Hi, how you doing? Um, and uh, let's let's just get down to the basement. Here you go, episode number 253 of Chunky Glasses the podcast, where we're talking about the new album from Sampha. Process. Because it all steers back towards Trump. Worried world order, and that's bad. <laughs> but uh, but this is uh, this is the first Mark I cast of, of 2017. Yeah, <laughs> back yes, in indeed. business. <laughs> yes, indeed. The, uh, in the uh, this is your first time down here, Mister Moore, in the new pimped out basement. Yeah, man. You feeling good? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, liking it's, this vinyl it's, a little it's bit. Nice. Oh yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I got, I got a little bit. <laughs> A little yeah. bit going on. If you want to play some uh, Resident Evil 7 or something, you can do that, too. I will do that. It's all down here. While you're <laughs> making a podcast, um, you've been, actually, you were gone for a little while. You took yeah. took a little trip down to South Africa. Come back with anything good? Yeah, actually, well, I came back with a couple of records. I didn't do the shopping that I thought I was going to do, yeah. but I came back with a couple of joints that was pretty good. And I met this um this uh pretty cool DJ down there, uh, DJ Mighty, mm-hmm. who runs Mabu Vinyl. And he knows like everybody. He was saying that he jams with Shabaka and all this other stuff. Jeez, and yeah. yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I spent like half my day just talking to him one day. How do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, your sort of cosmic influence of pushing Shabaka like leaked its way into NPR by the end of the year. You know, 
I don't see. You, I, I'm always weird about it. That's, I mean, that, it was you, I man. never, I never like to take credit for that I, stuff. I'm a saint, brother. You know. But yeah, I will say, like at least at Bandcamp, I single handedly was like, "Yo, we need to cover this," and I guess it kind of leaked out from there. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. It's an awesome album. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, We're gonna talk about what I think is an awesome damn album again. uh, Starting off 2017 strong. Today, uh, a guy by the name of Sampha. How do you pronounce his last name? Cisse. Cisse. Yeah, it's a good thing I didn't say because I was gonna say Sissy. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's not right. Uh, uh, Sam Fasise uh, goes by a stage named Sampha. He's a British singer-songwriter uh, from London. And he's been around. He's he's played with some stars here. Uh, we couldn't. We played a track on a podcast a couple weeks ago. It's the, how do you pronounce uh, S-B-T-R-K-T? Subtract. Oh, subtract, subtract? yeah. Subtract? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kids got the brains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people like Jesse Ware, uh, Drake. He was on Solange's last album. And with Drake, you know, before he was known as more of a singer, and it wasn't until he went to Drake, and he started referring to him as a uh, as a producer mm-hmm. and got him in on this stuff. He's did, this is going to be his, what, third album at this point? Um, yeah, first, yes, because he first, had two. First full album, um, third release. Third yeah, release. third release. Okay, yeah, two EPs and an album, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called Process. It is, uh, you know, he's already getting a lot of heat for this. He's played some awesome shows. You've seen him. Uh, I want to I want to start off this by playing a song that is sort of the the hit, and then we'll get a little background on it after we hear it. Uh, but he played this, and we played this on the podcast actually earlier. But he played this on uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, or yeah. the Tonight Show. So, mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's as big Same as that's as big as you get. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but there you go. No one knows me like the piano. No one knows me like the piano. In my mother's home You will show me I had something Some people call it so And you drop top the sky Oh, you I was three years old No one knows me like the piano In my mother's home piano uh that is uh you know that that's the hit it's a direct descendant of princes sometimes the snows in april and uh what we want to talk about what we were talking about is is uh is the place of r&b in and what it is now in 2017 specifically in england and marcus you had some thoughts so i was saying um if if someone was listening to this podcast and they lived in london they would tell you that r&b is a very well-defined thing in the British scene, it has nothing to do with America or anything else, any, any place else in the world. It's very much defined within itself. Now, when the blog house, house music, EDM, future bass, bass, future R&B thing happened, all of those artists and the dance producers of the day, people like, again, Subtract, who worked with, um, who worked with Sampha and, you know, people mm-hmm. like James Blake, who I feel is very derivative of a lot of that R&B influence. He, he is. And the, and the difference for me, uh, I'll express it more eloquently this time, is like people are all, all over James Blake as far as he's soulful. And I don't feel any of the soul. I definitely feel it in like Blood Orange and Dev Hines' work. Right. Yeah. Who is part of the same circle, although right. he's, he's a little further out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't hear it in James Blake, but like stuff like what Sampha's doing definitely benefits from the work that James Blake did. Exactly. So I feel like where we're at now, because like, again, Big EDM died. 
you know, and now we're in this kind mm-hmm. of place where, you know, like we can now take back R&B into its own realm without having it have to be so explicitly dance driven because you're trying to push records. So now you get like Sampha making and what is an R&B record, but it's a bigger R&B. It's a more hook driven R&B. There's like a desire to make like these fully formed, bigger, lusher, fuller records out of this. Mm-hmm. Like prior to this, like a lot of it with him always came off as kind of like softer and not as like robust and not as right, like yeah. powerful. Like this is a powerful album which i think is reflective number one of the fact that he's like at a point where he can make pretty much whatever he wants to make yeah so so where's that power coming from because if you and i think we do need maybe we do and you guys can tell me if i'm right or not have to distinguish between uk r&b and us r&b okay so and and, and yeah. i think specifically actually when i think back you know the multiple eras of r&b uh but even up through the early 2000s the there was nothing with this level of sophistication, massive attack, like you said, plays into yeah. this that happened in England. But like I hear this and I'm like, this is um you can hear Tom York from Radiohead influenced mm-hmm. by this. So one of my big questions going into this album, which spoiler, I love it. I you know, I, I love this album, but is what is happening over there maybe culturally that's driving this difference. Because his voice is like almost perfect, it's, like it's, yeah. and it's driven by maybe a little colder than you would expect for R and B, except for the song we just heard. It's it's the fact that I think that in America we've made so much of soul music and so much of R and B, and Marcus, you might agree with me here about sex right, first. Yeah. Is that like, what it is? Yeah, yeah, and 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 sex first records are typically warm records are oh, typically wow. records right there's like big lush orchestration yeah. there's like you know you know like dynamics in these records mm-hmm. that are very much like you know meant to like make you either want to like you know like talk to a woman or make love to her depending on you know the the second sometimes you get it in the same song and the thing with the uk thing is that it's much more of like a soul music driven thing there's much more of a classic appeal going back to like the right. 60s and 70s yeah. when every single song was not about having sex with someone it was about uh societal ills or wanting to be with someone mm-hmm. i want to get next to you i want to yeah. be with you i want to date you which is a lot of what this album is right it has yeah. nothing to do with like i mean us r&b makes it has this 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 identity issue where it's like the 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 song first is we're going to have sex and then after we have sex, then we're going to do every other thing that people tend to do in relationships because that stuff is just isn't as important. Right. So yeah. What do you feel more? And I think, um, you know, just going back to Sampa's voice, I think it, it's I think its voice is perfect because it isn't like, you know, a certain registers, it cracks. And, yeah. and right. I think that speaks Vulnerable. to a lot of um, that speaks to a lot of UK soul anyway. I mean, when you, th- when you think of somebody like Blood Orange, he's not really a strong singer. No. Dev Hines is not yeah. a strong singer at all. He doesn't need it with his dance moves. Though. Right, exactly. <laughs> James Blake, same thing. And I feel like, you know, maybe, I don't want to reach too far, but I feel like, especially with those three artists, they they get as far as they do because they're authentic and they're not trying to be anything that they're not. Whereas sometimes I feel like in US R&B and soul, like it's all about persona. Where Sanf, I mean, we're looking at the cover now. It's just mm-hmm. him. His hair's out. He's just, he's just there. It's, it looks you know, pretty it's sad. Just, right. It's just, you know, that's the thing. And I, and I feel like, you know, even though you can say Process is, a, is an RB record, it's about love and all that, but it's really a concept record about his own mortality, if you think about it, if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. 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 What, was, what was the backstory behind No One Knows Me Like the Piano? Well, um, when he was three years old, his dad bought a, bought a piano bought a piano for um, him and his four brothers. Uh, he's the youngest of five. And um, his dad just bought it because he wanted to get his sons away from the TV. You know, they were watching too much TV, so just do something else. And he used to bring CDs home every week. And, um, you know, and the thing is, like, as the youngest, he's the youngest, and his next, his, his next sibling is, like, 12 years older. So he was, in a way, raised as an only child. So he didn't really have, like, you know, I mean, he was pretty much isolated by himself. And so he just pretty much put all of his time and energy into that piano. 
you know, and his dad, his dad died when he was nine years old. So that left a void. And so he just literally put everything into the music and he revisited uh, the instrument um, when his mom was sick. His mom died from cancer and he was her primary caregiver. Okay. And so it's kind of like a when you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like a dual thing where he's he's it's almost a love letter to the piano, but it's also a love letter to his mom. Yeah, his mom's house. Yeah. So that's the backstory behind that song. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, in fact, I mean, just the song title itself is. Once you get into the lyrics of that, it's it's just a straight metaphor for his mom. Yeah, right. You know? and, and it's brilliant. I think it works because when you, I, I don't know if you guys have had parents die, uh, like I have, but like you don't. It's it's a it's a weird mind fuck that you mm-hmm. you don't. There's no way you can prepare for it, and so you off push things off like this, and talk about it in those terms yeah like a song just saying like i love you mama i miss you so i don't think that would have been as powerful no as that and i and i didn't see the performance on the tonight show but like it's really good it's great it's It's really good um i'm gonna play another song now uh this is uh this is getting near the end of the album and uh a little more upbeat i guess uh this, this is timmy's prayer Then I am your prisoner Yes, I am your prisoner I messed up I know now There's no room for me to play now Nowhere to take my way out The locals are beating through My ribcage open, my heart balloon process uh by sampha that is um th- that pulls in so many different things that i like and it doesn't except for his voice it doesn't feel like r&b and 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 i'm still like still trying to wrap my head around this distinction between uk r&b and this r&b uh you know it is i i don't know if um for a while i was working a theory of like Oh, it's because the society is a little more integrated mm. as opposed to the U.S. There's less struggle in it, so it's just it's just taken on a different form. And like I I don't know, but what I what I do know is that like this is the type of work that is pulling from you know you mentioned like Big EDM, but this is pulling from every single from rock everywhere. I mean, you know, indie artists try to do emulate the music in this, you know, to get soul uh, in their music and. Yeah. And it, it it hardly ever works, and it takes a guy like him, I think, to get this 
going. Do you guys remember the album uh, by Rye a few years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exceptional. Very similar. Yeah. Uh, that guy was American. Uh, no, Matt, uh, Mike Maloche. I think he's Canadian. Is he Canadian? He's Canadian. That would make all okay. the sense. Yeah, yeah. So there's a line in the sand moment that I think is important in all this when you talk about the distinction between like US and UK R&B and it's uh, New Jack Swing. Like, again, it's, it's always when you look at Belle right. Biv DeVoe. Funny we're talking about the new, new edition thing. When Belle Biv DeVoe did Poison, mm-hmm. which if Poison were not produced like a New Jack Swing record, you could make an R&B record out of Poison. You know, like, it's it's an R like the the vocal in that record is all like straight up. Can classic. you tell us how smack it up, flip it, rub it down would sound in R and B? I mean, it's not like Smokey Robinson. Yeah. Be, yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> Quiet and it storm be, cruising or right. whatever. But that's the, that's the line in the sand because that didn't yeah. happen in the UK in quite that way. It came in like the garage thing a couple years later, which mm-hmm. is much more house driven and not so like. Heavy four on the floor, but it's like got a, like a little like more like cosmopolitan vibe to it. Like it's a little bit more well, hoity. Yeah, but I mean, he has he has that like in space and can do that. But then in the middle of something that he's doing like that, he throws in this super complex like rhythm. Right, but that was and sometimes a, he does it with his voice. Like, yeah, that's right, yeah. what's crazy. But that was the thing is that is that when that when those like Bell Biv the Road records came out and yeah. it, everybody had to go in that direction and like R and B just never really came back because it was like okay, so we know sex sells. We're just gonna make all these records sexual first, and we're gonna forget. And like, Boys to Men will occasionally put out a record that's about "I love my mother" or right. "I I love a good solid Christian relationship." What's that? Okay, yeah, and right. the road, and all yeah, that. right, yeah. the road, all that. Right, you know? it's yeah. like that's going on my mixtape. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, you know, slow, slow, slow hits. I'm talking yeah. about slow hits. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so you have those, and and it's like, in the UK, there was never really that desire to like ever divorce R and B and split into two very separate right yeah, yeah totally. it was like okay, so that's the that's the that that speaks to the purity of this record, like these are like pure R and B records, like in a way that like if you look at like a a genre like maneuvering into modern times and modern sounds this is a logical progression and it still retains all of that stuff that you remember from like the 1960s 70s right. and 80s yeah totally and it's like and it's you mo- know. but it's a modern record it's not like yeah it's not like abs record for instance Aaron abernathy who his record is very much like aware of like that like 2000s music soul child but, like yeah feel and, funk and all that yeah right it, it, i think it is like abs record though in that it is uh, even though Ab does turn into the booty call record for of course, a certain of points, course. but like it, it he does talk about some deeper things, right? Uh, which non-standard things, I think. I mean, exactly, it's a, it's a personal statement, and I think it's it's a it's taking a risk. That's not a personal yeah. statement that's necessarily appealing. Yeah, yeah I mean, when you when you think about it, I mean, when you listen to this album, he's talking about some really deep, dark stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the music itself is gorgeous, and like just listen to you talk, Marcus. Um. I look at a song like Under, that's a trap record. Yes, it is. That's trap. Like the cadence and everything is trap. But then when you get into what he's talking about, even on the most upbeat songs, he's talking about, again, he's talking about death. He's talking about his own mortality. Um, Years ago on tour, he discovered a lump in his throat Mm -hmm. that doctors still don't know what it is. And it's still there. And that's like the opening lyric on his first song. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking about some really deep, dark stuff, but he's doing it in a way where it almost reminds me of like what Kokai does, right? Where it's like he um he'll make the most upbeat songs, but then when you start dissecting the lyrics, he's talking about some real deep stuff that you probably won't catch until like for months the uninitiated, from now. Let's uh give a brief intro to Kokai. Oh yeah, Kokai is pretty much uh he's a DC vet. I mean he he does it all. He can sing, rap, produce yeah. and all of that good stuff. So Yeah. I mean I, like to your point, I think like the second track actually Blood on Me but yep. anxiety you know it's just, yeah you can hear the breathing on it and yeah, all that yeah. yeah and you know the line is blood in the water and they're coming for me right like and that that's not um you know, you expect that on like drake's 50th album where it's like i, mean, like, right. I got enemies you know that, like, right. like, yeah, like, exactly. like we should we should totally talk about drake okay because drake's a very important part of sanford's story like sure. most people who would listen to this record will only know him 
because at that one time he did that Drake record. They did two joints. Yeah, but but like uh, the one that gets me is too much. Like that's the one right. that everybody like knows. It's like mm-hmm. that's the, the song that for most people is like, oh, he did this song, so I will give this a listen because I really like that one Drake song. Right. So like the thing that makes Drake great is that he's like authentically inauthentic. Yeah, in this I mean, really incredible way where it's like he's able to like encapsulate all of the spirit of like all of like every sad, you know, like R and B loving, you know, like kid in the world and just put it into these records and making like three minute pop records out of it. And I guess I mean I'm not a I'm not a Drake fan. I'm a, I'm, not, a Drake, yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm a huge Drake fan. Oh, okay. I'll out myself. I'll be that guy. I, I mean, I'm a... not gonna lie. The Hotline Bling was kind of appealing. Oh, yeah, it was a jam. That it's was a jam. jam. I can't, yeah, I can't so... lie. I was like, that, that <laughs> so, was a jam. So the thing about <laughs> the thing about Drake that's funny is that Drake doesn't make sex records. Like he makes records that are about romance. He makes records that are about like everything that surrounds like carnality. Are you sure about that? Hundred percent. Okay, you're the fan. Hundred <laughs> percent. The the thing that makes Drake records fan great boy. is that he never talks about like fucking your girlfriend he talks about like making love to her aura in a hundred different ways stalking your girl all right you here, just, just for the crowd just you might as well just go ahead and go moist these records are disgusting making it, it, love to your aura that's Drake. but and so the thing that's funny is that like drake listens to these records from people like sampa and he like distills the essence of like Sampa like be- making like a really honest, pure, good, like good hearted record about like his own mortality and his own like insecurity. Mm-hmm. And he's able to like distill from that like the thing that makes that, that makes all his records like super powerful. And then he puts it into like, you know, the, the OVO, like, you know, production machine. Yeah. And yeah. then you get, you know, name any track that he's put out that's kind of had like an R&B appeal to it and yeah. that's the thing about it and if you if you wanted a good reason to listen to this record I was trying to give somebody a good reason to listen to this when I was at work today I was like hey so you should probably want to listen to this record because if the next Drake record you like it's gonna comes from this it's gonna sound exactly like either it. that or drum right right <laughs> yeah, right it's steal that, from that too yeah but yeah there's and I mean, but I mean there's like a power there and it's funny because like he's worked with like also Solange Right. Another artist who like is not afraid of, you know, her own like humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, and that was the thing for me, like, you know, a lot of people who I was speaking with, when I say Sanford, they're like, oh, yeah, the voice that was on Don't Touch My Hair, that guy. Right. And it was in the video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, he has so many different connection points. I mean, he was on St. Pablo. Yes, he was. Um, Sanford, just he's a guy that like he just kind of hovers in the background, you know, and yeah. even he hovers a little bit on this. But. The, I like the way he, uh, even though the the music is beautiful and it's and it's big, but his voice still soars above it mm-hmm. as right. imperfect as it is. Yeah. And I think that was intentional, like because his old stuff, yeah, he would mix it down. He would mix his voice down so much that it would be within the instrumental. You couldn't really catch what yeah, he was but talking I mean, about. I think that's a lot speaking to like that that era, yeah, where the beats were so important. Because right you back know, in we're, 2010, yeah, we're we're going on the dance floor. With these records, like the subtract right. record, we're we're going on the dance floor. Yeah, that's the festival. Dubstep. Also, if you're making a personal album, I mean, the only instrument that truly is going to resonate is your voice. Right, totally. And and if you want to sound raw and emotional, which this album is, this is this is comes and this is out. I don't right. know when this is going to be out, but it's going to be out Friday, February third. Mm. Uh, but you know, this comes at a time when a lot of people are emotionally raw. And I think I think we're willing to like accept this and and more so uh, than normal. I I mean because of the superstars he's worked with. It's funny because I was thinking about the Solange record and how um, we had it in our top ten. I mm-hmm. think somewhere mm-hmm. in our top ten. Yeah. But in revisiting it, I don't think. It's a it's a great record, but it's not like a universally great record. It's a great, very sm- it's a really small record, really yeah. small, really personal record. And this reminds me of this, as opposed to like somebody else who's also in this scene. I think in 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 England at least is Michael Kiwanuka's album. Yes, right, yeah, totally. It comes out, that which is big. a very different kind of soul. Uh, although that went full psychedelic, which is yeah, it was awesome. like wall of sound, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's another big record. That right. Just, record, I mean, yeah. yeah, the opening song alone was just like huge. Yeah. Like, like, whoa. Like, yeah, it took me like months just to get off of that song. So, yeah. And, and then you dropped it after. I did. <laughs> yeah. I did. Not a lot of I'm people sorry. did. Carrie, yeah. Carrie was the only one who, who really stuck with it by the end of the year. She just, she loved it. And it's like, I, I had the same reaction. I was like, this is good. There are parts of this. There's nothing that I'm um, going to listen to necessarily over home again. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go back and listen to that because. Yeah. But that album, in both those albums, very different from this, is that it's R&B, it's soul, but it's not, um, I, I don't want to say commoditized, but it is, like, I, you, you put this on and you feel it. Mm-hmm. Instantly, yeah. from the first song, yeah. Yeah, and it's not a, uh, like we were talking about sex and R&B and American R&B, it's not an album... I guess you, you could put it on if you were feeling romantical, but it's not necessarily now my wood. I'd put it on if I'm just feeling down. Yeah. So there's a, there's a funny thing, like a, a key difference I was thinking about as we were talking, like American R and B records grab you mm-hmm. like Usher. I work working a decades. One thing I've had to do is like, listen to a lot of Usher mm-hmm. records. Cause he's made giant pop records that are undeniably like they've sold trillions of copies and, People who like, you know, do like a very mainstream thing love Usher. Usher makes records that come out and grab you, like grab you and shake you, and you have to listen to this record. This record is not that kind of record. It's like right. you have to go and find him. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and if like and if you're not down for like going to find the artist, even I mean, even though his voice is in top of the mix and it's there, you have to like sit down and listen to what he's saying and like appreciate what he's saying and like understand like maybe some of the uniqueness of his life to like mm-hmm. really yeah. dive in. It's not like I got divorced from my wife because I cheated <laughs> on her. And now I'm going to confess to you that I cheated on my wife. Do you right. have to say it like that? I had to. That's how, no, no, no. <laughs> like, like if I'm feeling it, if I'm seeking safe, I have to say it in their voice specifically. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> that, that's the only, <laughs> thanks Marcus. Appreciate it. Not more with the eye roll. I know, I know, but but that's. The, I love this guy. Yeah, man. but that's the thing. Like when I listen to like the Usher record, that's like the mm. Usher record is like, I'm going to tell you this thing. Boom. Yeah. And it's like yeah. really obvious, and he's like grabbing for your like chest, like come here. And Sam was like, I I'm going to tell you some stories, and you, you can come find yeah. me. So so what's going to win now that we're in 2017, or just in general, like in the universe? Is like, it, do we want those bigger? r&b jams records or do we want more stuff like this i think i I think back to like two years ago there was an album uh it's actually just on Bandcamp, drag city Mm -hmm. uh jessica pratt oh i've heard that fantastic fucking album it was very small very quiet very heartbreaking i would call it like soul music even though Mm -hmm. it's it's soul folk but honestly reminded me of this came out in the winter it came out, uh, you know, it, it just was, it just wasn't big. You know? Yeah. It was just like, and I don't know how big he's, he's playing the 930 club. So. He's probably going to pack it out. Yeah. I mean, I went. sell it out. Of course. He's going to sell it out. Yeah. He brings them in. And, um, you know, I mean, I'll out myself and you, you brought up a really good point where you have to go find him. Uh-huh. And, you know, we all, I mean, we all get advanced promos and all that good stuff. And I had been listening to this for a long time. And it didn't connect with me until I sat down and like actually listened to it because I was trying to play it in the car or like play it on the subway (laughs) and it just didn't connect until I actually went home and like studied his backstory and read the lyrics. And it was like, oh, like this. What was I thinking? Like, this is amazing. So, no, that's a really good point, man. Right. I feel like um, the universe demands a uh, Whitney Houston type record out of this, you know, like like the God Bless America record, which is like the big giant we will be okay. The world will be fine. I love you. Right. And that that's not the record though. Like records right. like this. If you have uh, if we had 100 records like this mm-hmm. as compared to like that one mm-hmm. big stupid record that like yeah. everybody is going to like sing like the national anthem, mm-hmm. like that I think that's a better situation because everybody in this era in this for the next 4 years probably we're gonna have to grieve our in our own separate little way, right? And our own separate time and our own separate place, yeah. And everybody's got their, and I think that's one thing that we learned from the women's march. Even was like when yeah. you know, like when yeah. a million women gathered on a national mall, a lot of people felt a lot of different ways. 
about mm-hmm. the women's march. Some I mean, people thought it was great. Some people said they wanted to blow up the White House. Some people said I was not represented. Some people said I'm trans. Some people said I only have one ovary. You know, whatever. So everybody had something to say. And it's like, it was just a difficult thing, you know? Like, people didn't really know how to connect. Yeah. So you need, like, a hundred personal records that are, like, because you need, these, you need those connections right you need those connections yeah. to make it through and as as opposed to like the big giant national anthemic song of you know incredible depression that's yeah. that's literally why i'm packing in podcasts this week right i was talking with paul about it you need those connections and but you know i i get it from like having you guys down here but like right if, if this is out here you know the, there's there's the big question of of will art be better or worse this is He's from mm-hmm. England. I mean, and he has ties in the U.S., but you know, he, uh, I don't think that really matters. But I think it's how we sort of interpret what's going on. And for whatever reason, this guy said, "Here's a really personal thing I want to let you in on." Yeah, and because uh, he could have gone big, yeah, he could have gone huge. He really could. He could have made all all of the records. Kanye could be on this. Yeah, Drake could be all over this. Like yeah, he could make a record. Yeah, he with has Jack those U. connects, but. You know, like he could yeah, sell like there's like nobody else on it but him, yeah. and he produced most of. Well, he co-produced it with somebody, but most of it is him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just stuck with it, man. This could have been a whole different other thing. Like mm-hmm. the G, the DJ Snake, Sanford record could have existed, and yeah. it would have had a hundred trillion streams on Spotify, and we would have all banged our hands against the wall. But thankfully, so, it didn't happen. No, no. So uh. Start with you more. Now we have a slightly different scale now. Now it's buy, try, or pass, and it's basically what you think people should do with it. Oh, uh, definitely buy it. Yeah, buy it on vinyl. I'm getting mine next week. Yeah, very nice, yeah, very nice. That's what, what I was you? gonna say too. Um, I'm, you're, you're gonna probably every time, every time down here when I say I'm gonna buy a record, I'm explaining to people to buy it on vinyl because there's a thing about vinyl records that you have to like stop what you're doing and like interact with like a piece of material and actually listen to it yeah like i feel like mm-hmm. people if you buy vinyl you have to listen to the vinyl like i mean you're you're a vinyl fanatic totally so you when you buy a vinyl record you actually listen to it right oh like, yeah you yeah i stop what i'm doing right like you don't buy vinyl and it just sits on the shelf and collects dust oh no never yeah. never as right. soon as the day i get it i go home and i'm like oh <laughs> yeah, that's all i'm doing yeah. the rest of the night right yeah. so i mean i feel like he's saying things on this record that you can only hear if you literally stop everything that you're doing and listen to it and you can't do that you cannot do that on spotify yeah yeah and, yeah. and to that point uh, so, so you're, you're a buy i have a definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Final yeah. Buy I, I, I have a buy so it's another triple buy this year I, and but like to that point yeah it's not an album that you should put on the background sure you can put it on the background but you know what you have Spotify or Apple Music or whatever for that. You can put anything on the fucking background. Mm-hmm. Find this. Oxygen. You, you can't put Fox. You have to pay attention to Fox. <laughs> you Marcus. have to put that shit in the trash. <laughs> I said it publicly. Come on, man. Throw it in the fucking um, But uh, this, 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 you, uh, you deserve this in your life, I think. Yeah, totally. This is one of those, like, yeah, it might be a little magical. And so, uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, Sanfa's process is out February 3rd. Thank you guys for uh, coming down. Of course, you, it won't be too long before we do this again. Great hoodies, they cuff their heads. I can't see their face. I can't see, 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 see. They knew me. Looks well, my head. My heart was something jumping. Sampa uh, process it is available everywhere that you can find records. I didn't look to see if it's on Bandcamp. You should uh, you should be buying your music from Bandcamp. I think now they did a they did a great thing this past Friday where a hundred percent of their cut, which is I don't know, let's say twelve or thirteen uh, percent, goes they donated to the ACLU and. Labels took part in this, so like Merge donated 100% of their sales. So there you have, if you bought an $8 album from Merge, $8 went straight to the ACLU. Uh, I think the the tallies are still coming in, but last I heard it was something like $100,000 donated just from Bandcamp and uh, a, a million in sales. Uh, so figure, you know, for all those things are doing, they're giving all their sales to ACLU, it, it, a, a remarkable effort. Uh, if this isn't up on Bandcamp, though, it's a shame. It should be. But if it is, go out and buy it. 
from Bandcamp.com. It's not an ad. This is just a thing that we support. Love those guys. Um, before we get out of here this week, we want to culture your ass here, like we said up front, the little little yes. Uh, this guy Noah Haidu, he uh, just pitched to me partially because I think we've had people like Marcus Moron, who is a noted jazz aficionado, at least appreciator. Uh, but a lot of people we've had on uh, Ian Taranji. Um, we talked about Colin Stetson last year. So we're getting a little more jazz pitches, and, and, I, and I like it. Keep them coming. But this guy was pitched. He said, hey, he's playing at this place in D.C. called Twins, and said, this is the best jazz band on the East Coast. You need to see him. Sends along the album. I couldn't make the show, but he sends along the album. And uh, and sure enough, uh, this this guy is a monster. You know, he is uh, exactly my age. He's about. He's going to be forty five years old. Uh, born in Charlottesville, plays in New York City. Studied with some of the jazz greats. Had an album out in twenty eleven called Slipstream, and then uh, another one called Here and There. And uh, he's 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 just he's gigging. He's doing. He's doing the jazz life, and uh, so now we have a track of his off of his new album. So, new album's out uh, February 10th, I believe. It's called Infinite Distances, and this is the title track. So here you go. Noah Haidu, Infinite Distances.
I do. Uh, Infinite Distances, the album is out soon. Uh, we will let you know when it comes out, and uh, so you can get it in your ears if you like that. And why wouldn't you? It's awesome. The album's actually quite quite incredible. It is it is it is right on time for what I was feeling here in these in these cold winter months. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry I missed the show, but can't wait to see him when he comes back. Or maybe I'll just bop up to New York to catch him uh, because you know it seems not only is he a great player, but he knows how to put these bands together to make great great music. Um, that's your podcast for this week. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can always stream us on the site. There's, there's a post on the site uh, twice a week. You can listen to us in Stitcher. You can listen to us on Google Play. You can listen to us on Mixcloud. We keep the last two episodes up on SoundCloud, all these places. You can send us feedback by in the comments on the site. You can email us the feedback. The email, uh, Just email me. It's Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com. And, uh, you know, if, if this is something you think that you would like doing, we're always looking for new points of view, new contributors. Uh, you know, you do have to come to a strange person's basement in Washington, D.C., but uh, that might be a risk worth taking. So, you know, reach out. If this is if you've been listening for a while and you're like, hey, I think I, I have thoughts I'd like to share, that's all it takes. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a journalist. You don't have to be anything but someone who loves music and has something to say about it. That's the that's the entire show. So uh, we'll be back in a few short days. We're going to be talking. Uh, this, man, this is going to be great. Can we tell you about our good friends, Roadkill Ghost Choir? They just put out a new EP that they've been finished with for a year. We'll tell you more about that on Thursday. But more than that, uh, Mr. Andre Radloff is coming back. He's been abroad. He is, uh, you'll recognize his voice as soon as, especially if you're a longtime listener. And, uh, and, uh, we're really happy to have him back. So, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna get a lot more heady around here pretty soon. But it's okay. I think, I think we needed it. We, we went serious for a while now. Now we're gonna have, now we're gonna have some fun. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, be good to your ears and, uh, be better to your people. We'll talk to you in a few. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>